thank you, thank you all once again for joining us. Um, we hope everyone is keeping safe and healthy at home. Um, this webinar is, is part of our Three Fees COVID-19 series. So just to introduce who's on the, on the call here from our side, my name is Brian Hackett. Uh, I'm Global Strategy Director at Street Fees, and I'm here with my colleague, Kat. Hi, my name is Kat, and I'm a Research Manager here at Street Fees, and we'll be taking you through the dashboard. Okay, so, so Kat's actually going to kick us off by, by looking out at the overall mood of the world at the moment. Yeah, so this is what we call our world map. Um, as you can see, we've got all the countries of the world here, and we have been tracking lots of different countries. So if we look at kind of the overall kind of mood, emotions and fear in different countries, we can kind of help us, that uh, helps us to understand how this is impacting behaviour. So even though kind of, as you can see, the overall situation worldwide is starting to settle down as people are kind of becoming more accustomed to it, we're still seeing the anxiety levels actually really high in places like the UK, the US, Italy, Spain, because the lockdown is kind of still continuing there. Um, India, on the other hand, is kind of feeling more kind of paranoid and scared. Uh, they generally, we find as a, as a population, are more kind of germaphobe, really aware of the germs. Uh, Germany is very positive, on the other hand, um, because they're kind of tackling the situation with testing um, and kind of looking to exit lockdown kind of in the near future. France is also feeling kind of more positive because the government is announcing the end of the lockdown for May. Um, and China, meanwhile, as we as we know, has kind of been under lockdown the longest, but is now starting to open up. And um, so they're quite positive as they're not having kind of new cases. Isolation measures have been easing. Life feels like it's kind of generally going back to normal or at least the new normal for now. So that's kind of a little overview of the countries that we're tracking at the moment. And um, if we go on to the, the fear index next, this is something that we find really useful because what we are doing is we're um, comparing it week on week. So if we look at the fear index over the last two weeks, we ask this on a scale. So what we do is we manage to um, calculate people based on those who are afraid versus those who are not afraid. And we end up with an index that really helps us to kind of track how that's changing over time. So kind of in continuation from our from our world map, it's a little bit more in depth. Um, and we can see that the fear levels are still very high in the European markets, like we said, the US and India. And um, as the situation is kind of improving in China, the fear level is dropping, um, inconsistent with our kind of overall mood. And but people are sort of continuing to be vigilant. So it's not something that's completely disappeared. It's not going to go away overnight, but we think it will slowly dissipate. Um, South Korea is quite interesting here. So they are kind of more stabilised and they've actually kind of seemed to have kept control of the, of the population's sort of feeling and the situation. The fear levels now are actually quite low over there. So that'll be very interesting to see if, if that kind of how that changes as time goes on. OK, so now that we've kind of given you an overview of how the world is generally feeling and um, we can actually start to see how that links to purchase and consumption behaviour. So what I'm going to do is hand over to Brian, who will take you through in more detail what that looks like. Thanks, Kat. So, yeah, we, we see a really strong correlation between the fear index across the markets in the world and, and what human behaviour is when it comes to, to the category purchase index. So similarly to how the fear index is calculated, this, um, this chart shows the percentage of increasing purchases minus decreasing purchases as claimed by consumers. And it's important to say that we're not capturing actual volume here. What we are capturing is change in consumer demand relative to other categories. Um, so what we see over the, again, over, over the past few weeks is that consumers are predominantly purchasing um, things that will help them set up to best um, kind of live out through through lockdown and social restrictions and also to combat the virus. So we're seeing people um, 
purchase a lot of cleaning items, long lasting food items, uh, the personal hygiene category. We've also seen an increase in fresh food in recent weeks, um, fresh beverages, medical supplies, etc. Um, so all really interesting. Um, when it comes to alcohol, we actually see as a category that there's an ever so slight decrease when it comes to the category purchase index. This is something we're going to be talking about um, a little later. Um, other categories that have been purchased significantly less are our electronics, beauty, clothing, entertainment and hair care. And, and we see two key reasons from this, from, from what our bees are telling us. And, and the first is that people are kind of prepping or, or realizing the fact that they're going to be in a, in a more difficult financial position. Uh, we see a lot of people, particularly in Europe, have been furloughed. In the US, we've seen a huge amount of job losses. And the, the, the focus of spending tends to be in what they need right now and kind of the, the more basic items they require for living. Um, we also see that as people are spending more time at home, um, there's less of a need or they're feeling less of a need for beauty products, new clothing. Uh, and we even see alcohol falling into this category, which is, which is pretty interesting. Um, one thing that our, our clients have, have been asking about a lot is stockpiling. So, so stockpiling is a really hot topic uh, and it's something that a lot of people are, are talking about. So, and, and the first thing to kind of clear up is that the definition of stockpiling, it's, it's not people leaving the supermarket with three or four trolleys worth of, of toilet roll or papers. What we're seeing from consumers is that they're not, they don't want to call it stockpiling, but what they are doing is ensuring that they have a little more of the items that they use frequently and daily. So things like uh, fresh general groceries, things like toilet paper, canned goods, non-perishables. These are all things that people are buying less frequently for the COVID-19 pandemic. And so what we're seeing now is that um, people are purchasing more of these more often. So that slight increase in purchase behavior by a large number of people uh, is leading to a significant impact on, on supply chains and availability. One interesting fact here is that China, even though they're, they're a lot more positive and further ahead in the pandemic for the markets, we're seeing uh, maintenance of stockpiling go on, um, which we feel is interesting for a number of reasons, because it, it gives an indication that behaviours uh, and different categories that have been purchased will continue to see uh, increased purchasing as things go on. Um, with regards to alcohol, we're seeing people globally stockpiling it. Um, it's 17th in terms of, of categories that are stockpiled. Um, and we're going to look a little bit more into the, the why behind that um, uh, as we go forward. So I'm just going to change my screen over um, to look at, at the categories. So we split alcohol down into kind of the core categories of beer, cider, wine and spirits. And immediately kind of that story we saw on the previous, uh, previous chart is coming through that people are purchasing a, a little bit less overall, are claiming to purchase a little bit less overall of the various categories. However, what is really interesting is that when we look at different countries, we see very different behaviours. So this drop in purchase that, that we're seeing at an overall level is not happening everywhere. So if we compare the, the UK, China, France and the US, um, we see very different levels of purchase. So the US as a country here is in blue and we're seeing a slight purchase increase in beer, um, a, a slight more moderate uh, purchase increase in wine and, and a much more significant purchase increase in spirits than other markets. China is, is over indexing in terms of purchase when it comes to beer uh, and wine. 
And then across the other markets, the, the UK and France, again, we're seeing in terms of claimed purchase, these categories have been purchased less. So one of the most interesting things about the alcohol category is, is compared to some of the other categories we saw on the previous page, is that the emotion and mood are not necessarily playing a huge part here uh, for alcohol versus other categories. And you know, our hypothesis around this and, and, and what we're seeing from our consumers is that we think it's down to three different things really. People's discretionary spending uh, is being cut and alcohol is featuring. And um, out of home, where a lot of alcohol is consumed, is no longer an option for alcohol consumption. So in general, people are buying less. Uh, and, and finally, we're also seeing a general drive um, from consumers to try and be a bit more healthy um, at the moment. So they're actually cutting their alcohol intake. Um, but when we look, what is interesting, so this is claim behavior. As we move to actually in the moment and when people are consuming alcohol, um, we do see a bit of a different story. Um, so this is our in the moment behavior tab where we're asking people kind of to log their alcohol behavior as it happens. And when we look at this behavior as opposed to what we've just seen, we see that COVID-19 is having a profound effect on kind of people's mindsets and their behavior with 37% of people claiming that they're drinking more alcohol versus 25% drinking less alcohol. So kind of these behaviors are, are, are in a way canceling each other, right? But what we do see with those drinking more alcohol is they're drinking more often uh, and generally in greater amounts. So overall consumption is going up. Uh, and as the pandemic progresses, we're seeing that these contrasting behaviours have both grown um, and consumer habits are more likely to change. And when we look at kind of the drivers um, in these habits, we see different age groups um, kind of reacting in different ways. Um, and what we have here is kind of a, a breakdown of, of different age groups. And, and one of the most interesting things we're seeing is that as people are spending more time at home there's a combination of boredom uh, and a need to reduce some of the stress and anxiety uh, and this is causing those consumers who are drinking more alcohol um, to drink more often and it's the 35 to 44 year old age group um, who's actually coming out on top here and um, so that's this group here with, with 50 percent of people actually consuming more and when we look at the, the top reason that they're consuming more alcohol so why have they made this change today um, they're actually doing it to, to combat boredom uh, and to relax, um, which, is, which is quite interesting. And when we look at their economic tractor, we see that these actually have the highest levels of stress when it comes to their job and also when it comes to dependence. Uh, they have parents older than them who they might be looking after and they also have a number of children. Uh, on the other hand, there's a, a lot of people taking their health a bit more seriously in order to protect themselves against COVID-19 and, and keep their immune system strong. Um, and we see uh, this behaviour more inherent with 25 to 34-year-olds um, who are the group drinking less alcohol here with 4% of them drinking less alcohol. And the key reason uh, there in blue here is, is to be healthier. So... That's a really interesting. And, and, and the final group we want to take a, a quick look at is the 18 to 24 year olds. So kind of our, our younger Gen Z consumers. And what we see is they're drinking less than average. Um, and the key reason for these, um, these consumers drinking less is that they were more accustomed to drinking out of home previously. Um, and the reason that they've made this change today is that generally because restaurants are closed, they're looking to save a bit more money, but they're also not allowed out. So these consumers are actually consuming less at home 
um, than would have previously, with most of their alcohol consumption coming out of the home as they were socialising. Um, so that's kind of a, a really quick overview of some of the kind of the, the facts and drivers around behaviours in this category. Um, and then we thought it might be interesting to, to look at one category in particular. So Kat's going to have um, a little look at the spirits category for us. Um, okay, so if we focus only on the spirits category, we can kind of see that there's actually two favourites. And there's liqueur and kind of whiskey and bourbon. So for liqueur, the top brand is Bailey's. And when it comes to whiskey, people are preferring Jack Daniels. So great news for those brands. And um, the one thing that we've kind of seen in other categories, though, is that consumers are kind of picking any brands that are available, I guess, because of issues around kind of availability with supply chains, not necessarily their favourite. However, what's interesting with spirits is that we see that consumers are actually quite loyal and they're kind of sticking to those well-known brands. And um, there's an impact partly because of out of home. So out of home, we, we kind of one of our hypotheses and what consumers are saying has the role of kind of experimentation, maybe going outside the norm, going away from those um, kind of common kind of brands that you're used to. Whereas when, when kind of the drinking and the consumption is changing back to in home, people are kind of going to those kind of old favorites, the named brands, the things that they know and love as a kind of comfort um, for themselves, but also just a lack of knowledge potentially around that spirit. So when we kind of look at the key drivers of consumption of spirits, we can also see that coming up. So relaxation is key. It's my favourite is key. Treat myself. So you can see that those kind of really strong emotional drivers all around comfort, reassurance. That's where the kind of named brands and the favourites are really important for people. It's not necessarily the drivers aren't about kind of experimentation at this point in the pandemic. This is about really making sure that you're kind of looking after yourself and having those kind of relaxation moments. Um, the other thing that's interesting is that we've, we've got a couple of maybe slightly more negative um, links in terms of drivers. We've got things like relieving boredom, reducing stress. So as um, Brian was saying, with those kind of more extreme versions, what we're seeing that people are maybe drinking a little bit more um, at the other end of the scale and they're kind of um, more kind of people are slightly more uh, extreme behaviors than they were used to before the pandemic. There is some slightly wor worrying drivers there that we need to kind of keep an eye on and just be aware of that, that alcohol isn't always going to be as positive. So the positive end of the scale is that it's acting as a relaxation movement and it's my favorite, but there are some kind of watch outs there too. So as we kind of spoke about, um, because when we think about spirits, often it's out of home. What we thought was interesting was to think about what's actually happening in home now. Are they kind of doing their own cocktails, adding their own mixes? Um, now, what we found is that only 9% of people are consuming spirits that are choosing pre-made cocktails, which could be more convenient during, the, during a pandemic, potentially removing the kind of need to buy other beverages that they need to mix in. However, at the same time, um, there's a, there's a sense that maybe they want more control of the amount of alcohol that they're having. So pre-made at the moment is quite small, but we could see that develop as time goes on. <clears throat> okay, so that kind of brings me on to kind of con the consumption side of things and how things, have we seen any kind of differences during the pandemic? We've talked kind of very generally, but obviously there have been um, kind of celebrations during the pandemic. And one of these was Easter. So this is something that we've actually um, had clients asking questions around at the moment. But we're going to have a look anyway and kind of see whether we saw behaviour change during these celebrations. So something that we've observed is that consumers are kind of still celebrating those important occasions, even during the pandemic and the lockdown. And um, we've seen a rise in alcohol consumption and kind of celebration drinks. So especially in the UK, Germany, Italy. 
And um, so even though people kind of couldn't gather with family and friends, they're sort of keeping up with some of those traditions. We actually saw that globally, beer and red wine were kind of drunk the most during the Easter period. So if we think about kind of in our quotes, what we've got on the side, we've got lots of verbatims around what people were doing. People were saying things like, it's Easter Sunday, it's bank holiday weekend, I've been very productive today, doing lots of cleaning, so I'm gonna reward myself with a quick drink. Or today is Easter Monday, it's traditionally celebrated with a barbecue, and therefore I need a good wine. So you can see that people are still using drinks as a kind of celebration. Um, so what it kind of means for brands, I guess, is thinking ahead is that, um, the pandemic is not going to go away anytime soon and certainly there's going to be lots of um, occasions and special occasions to look ahead to so end of may um we've got memorial day we've got fourth of july in the us we kind of can still expect that celebratory mood to be there um, and people wanting to enjoy those kind of favorite drinks if we look at easter so it's, it's kind of good news for brands in that there's still the kind of usual behaviors people want that comfort they want that reassurance um during these times and I'm now going to hand over to Brian, um, which kind of moves us on to looking towards the future and the new normal, potentially. Thanks, Kat. Yeah, so I think um, social gatherings and, and celebrations and, and those milestones throughout the year are really important because they, they represent an opportunity um, for brands to still play a really important role uh, and not to step back too much. Uh, and one of the one of the questions I think um, we've just been asked and which we, we'd like to address now is kind of um, how do we think the out-home channel is going to be impacted um, after COVID-19? And I think what, what we're seeing in, in markets um, and specifically in China as, as lockdown restrictions ease is that um, things move very, very slowly um, back towards normality. So we've been tracking China um, quite closely for the last two weeks. And even though restrictions have eased, um, people are still being very careful and are not likely to go out and drink and socialise. Um, so what we're seeing from China is that people are more likely to socialise at house parties, drinking in smaller groups of friends, with other family members that they haven't seen in a while. And generally, it's, it's quite a controlled environment um, where they know everyone at that gathering. So some of the things that, that we're looking at and thinking about for brands is how can they get into these specific moments, which maybe traditionally were called kind of the big night in or house party uh, or entertaining. These, these are occasions that are going to be, be driving um, volume and revenue for, for alcohol brands much more strongly than they have been in the past, uh, particularly as we look at, a, at a, a very slow easing of restrictions across all markets. And then on top of those restrictions opening up, we also have kind of the, the more cautious human behaviour um of of people um not wanting to expose themselves to the virus um, we're seeing some interesting plays from from out of home brands going out d2c so for example shake shack in the us and, and pizza pilgrims in london are preparing kind of parties in a pack um, and i think that's a, a great way for brands to look at it is how can we activate in these occasions that are going to grow so i think really when when we address that out of home thing i think it's going to be um, people entertaining in their own homes and occasions that may have been quite small in demand spaces and u and a kind of frameworks before are going to increase quite significantly um, over the next six months so is that going to have an impact on on formats is that going to have an impact on uh, delivery channels for consumers so we're going to be tracking this very very closely um, over the next couple of weeks particularly as um, other countries such as germany and italy begin to ease the restrictions to see how people are socializing to see what drinks they are returning to um, 
but overall um, we do feel the out-of-home channel recovery will, will be very slow. Um, we also have a question about the low and no categories which which we are tracking and that's probably one which we, we need to do a bit more of a deep dive into. What we are seeing is, is kind of the extremes of behaviour at the moment where people are either drinking more or they're completely cutting it out and, and we're seeing that the growth that was seen in that category previously looks to have slowed. Now um, that is very much what we're seeing at the moment but it's, it's definitely an area that we're going to be doing a little bit more digging into um, but it seems to be that consumers um, are either drinking more and that tends to be alcohol or they're cutting out alcohol altogether. Um, I don't know if there's any more questions. Um, but we're kind of coming towards the the end of our time and I kind of realized that was a, a really quick whistle stop tour um, of our dashboard and how it works but we're capturing moments from um, 10 different markets um, again across the core categories um, of alcohol, beers, wines and spirits so if you have any specific questions or would like to schedule more time to speak please feel free to, um, to reach out and let us know. Um, just going to wait a minute to see if there's any additional questions. Okay, I think we have one more. Hang on. Uh, learning, so we've a question on um, learning some beverage consumption in general. So, um, Overall, if and I think we can go back to um, impacts and habit of purchase. We are seeing increased amount of beverages. People are at home, and they are drinking more. Um, we are seeing more healthy choices being made by consumers, um, especially when it comes to beverages. Um, but we also see old favourites. Um, increasing as well. So even when we see um, healthier healthier beverages like juice, um, like water being chosen, we, we also are seeing an increase in CSDs, um, seeing an increase in tea, seeing an increase in coffee. So across total beverages, we're seeing an increase in consumption, particularly related to um, at home. Um, and this consumption is both healthy, but also some of the old favourites as well. Thank you for joining us. Please stay safe, um, stay healthy, stay home. Um, thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks, everyone.